0: It is great to be with you here on the Brattlecast. So much to talk about when it comes to books and how they're sold and purchased and rated by our expert and our fine friend, Ken Gloss, the proprietor of the famous Brattle Bookshop. Look for it on movie screens everywhere, as we've said in previous episodes, brattlebookshop.com. Now, Ken, this is something that you deal with all the time, and I thought we might do a Brattlecast on the subject. And that is, and this happens in all kinds of areas, but people have sort of a general view of a book or a series of books, and they present you with something so general, you've got to hone down and get to the truth. Let's talk about the process here, the broad subject area. I've got a whole bunch of sports books. Well, okay. <laughs> Tell me how it works.
1: Well, uh, and again, I've had uh, – I'm doing a few broadcasts sort of on how the store works because yeah. people have actually – some of them said they find that very interesting because they, you know, they know what an old book is. They know what a library looks like, but they don't actually know the process right. that goes on. So I decided to do a few with that. And and again, a lot of times people will call. Uh, a lot of times they don't know a lot about the books because the main reason people sell books to us, I mean, and there are a million, million reasons – It's either the older person or couple moving from the big house to the small, or it's someone handling an estate, and particularly the people handling the estate many times aren't the ones who collected the books, and they go, oh, well, they have a lot of books, and we go, oh, okay, well, is that 50, 100, 500, 1,000, 5,000, and sometimes they have an idea and sometimes they don't, and sometimes... You know, you don't really know because if you've got a bookcase or two in this room and you've got a big house in that room and that room and that room and you go, well, we have a few hundred books. Well, there actually might be a few hundred books in each bookcase. Hmm. But we try to narrow it down. And then we ask what type of books. And sometimes people say all kinds or fiction and nonfiction. (laughs) Fiction
0: and nonfiction. (laughs) Well, you know. I know. That's the way people think. I mean,
1: We totally understand it except – you know, when you really think about that, that's every book ever done. Uh, but we try to—is there any particular subject, area, field? Uh, and even that sometimes, if someone will say, uh, I'm going to talk about cookbooks, they'll go, we have a lot of cookbooks. Well, then, even within cookbooks, because there are millions of cookbooks, are they older books? Did the person collect cookbooks as a collectible? Hmm. Do they— have books on a particular area or geographical area, or is it vegetarian cooking, or is it, you know, barbecue, or is that the type? Is 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 it? A, do they have particular authors? Uh, do they have particular kinds? And and you know, I just brought along a couple of books
0: to show the, just the, the range.
1: Right, yeah. uh, one is a book on let's eat out. It's about restaurants, and you have a doesn't say. The name and it just has hamburgers and a big golden arches <laughs> and a sign and a car that looks like it's from the early sixties. Thank and you. And this was a, obviously a promotional book for McDonald's right. when they really—it's a children's I mean, book. It's a children's book, sort of. but it was a probably a more a, a promotional giveaway type of thing. Just well, get mm. kids to know McDonald's when they're young. Wow. Um, so that's one type, sort of the promotional. Other types of the recipes. Uh, then I have another one here, Army Mess Management Simplified. And this is a book from the 1940s on mm. obviously cooking for the Army. Wow. And and you know, telling how to do things in large batches, <laughs> but also how you supply that type of cooking and what people are going to eat. And also what stays well, what lasts well, what because obviously they don't all get served the same way when you're cooking individually in a kitchen. So that's a whole type of cookbooks. Then I have a, a cookbook um, from the author of Joy of Cooking, and this is a cookbook for boys and girls. And it's sort of a simplified cookbook, uh, and there are people who collect all of these kinds of books. Uh, Actually, we just got a call before I came in, and someone said the father collected cookbooks. He had a restaurant and a bar. But what really perked up our interest is not only did he have cookbooks for the restaurant, but it said he had a lot of books on bartending and barkeeping. And those are harder to get. And actually, books on wine, bars, cocktails are very hot right now. So you start out with saying cookbooks, and, you know, it seems very reasonable to say we have a lot of cookbooks.
0: I'm actually flipping through the Army Mess Management Simplified book. Like you say, it says 1942, July. And I'm looking at some of these recipes that uh, really look tasty, really look good. Yeah. You always think about the Army and and the mess, quote-unquote, the mess hall. But uh, really impressive, very nicely done.
1: Well, it also makes you think about what goes into a lot of this, either in a restaurant or in cocktails. What ingredients you have to get, how you have to keep them. Uh, so, you know, I I know one lady who collected just children's cookbooks. Hmm. book book, cookbooks specifically made for children and one of the reasons she collected it she loved cooking she loved teaching so children's cookbooks but she also and also how they were written how they she enjoyed the language that people used to teach children how to read she said some were obviously good educators and some were just trying to sell a book that the parents might like but but The other reason she said she collected these was she realized she could never collect all cookbooks. It's just too many, too big, too large a field, and you start going in 15 different areas. And she liked, you know, sort of order. And she said also not that many people collected children's cookbooks, so they tended to be a little bit cheaper. In other words, when you went out looking,
0: the old supply, uh, and demand uh, the
1: supply and demand question here. And, but she's, she said, you know, some were harder to get. Also, some of them go back 100, 200 years. Some are more modern. Some have themes to them. But she actually collected a collection of about 1,500, 2,000 books, mm. and it went to a university as a teaching tool in education and cooking And it actually was a great, great collection because the universities were interested because not a lot of people had collected that kind of book. So that's one thing that that goes into, you know, you say cookbooks, and then it's like, well, army mess, large-scale cooking, small-scale restaurants, cocktails, fast food restaurants. Yeah, just
0: about any subject (laughs) under the sun you could then— Delineate subgroups, and and that's where the fun is. Well,
1: that's where a lot of the fun is. It also focuses you better. Yeah. And it also, you can say, well, okay, cookbooks from the 1500s are thousands and thousands of dollars. Or maybe the first cookbook printed in America is huge amounts of money. But a lot of these kids' cookbooks you can pick up at yard sales, at library sales, there are a few dollars. A few will go for more, but—and it's a lot of fun. And if you find someone else who's interested, then you, you many times become friends. And, and it even goes beyond that. Uh, a lot of times when people call me and they say they have diaries or they have letters of wars, of events, and so many of those—that correspondence, you read it and it will go— it was cold, Mm. it was hot, the wind was blowing, it rained, the weather was bad, it was muddy. And, you know, and then you think of in military situations, because a lot of people write back, you know, we went into battle. And, you know, and Mm. sometimes they describe it well, but what they don't get into is what's going on behind the scenes. And I tell a lot of people, you know, what I would really love to find, you know, obviously I'd like to find General Grant's logbook or whatever. That would be great, or or one of the generals. (laughs) But what would be really great, if there was a book of the cooks, and it just, in detail, described how you get the food, or a logistics person. We had to make sure the trains came by here, or we went out into the fields And had to buy this or this truckloads. We had to make sure that it was coming in through a flat area, not a cold. And I said, that would be fascinating because that's an aspect that you read all the history books. You read most of the letters and details. And it's talking about the same. They're all talking and sending home the same thing. But how does war work? How do they set up the camp? How do they get the material from one place to another? How do they keep the food from spoiling?
0: You yeah, don't hear about lo- that. Logistics sounds like a boring <laughs> term, but it's absolutely fascinating. And and we're in the midst now, of, in the, as we record this, of a European war that hasn't occurred in 75 years since World War II. And so much of it has to do with what we see on TV, the logistics, the movement, and the – horror of war but it's it's the stories behind the scenes the esoteric stories that are most fascinating
1: well, well a lot of times you read like there's a battle at vicksburg or there's a battle at this point in or new orleans or this the reason these spots like wait a minute vicksburg's in the middle and it was at a crossing of a river mm. the river was how they supplied the the goods you cut off the supplies then the army can't keep going. Mm -hmm. So when you actually read the history behind this, so getting that, but what made me sort of lead into all of this, and there's always the sort of story, a person called me recently, and they had a relative who went out for gold in the Klondike Gold Rush in the 1890s up to Alaska. And I know from reading those letters that, the the conditions out there were really tough mm. because, OK, if you're in the summer, it's one thing, although probably the mosquitoes caught you. Mm. You don't think of that part of it, too. But if, it, if you were out there in the winter, it could get really hard. But again, I was saying to them, it's nice. You know, you talk about gold. Everybody in the gold rush who wrote back letters, most of them— We're talking about the gold and did they find anything in the mines and all of that. What made me really happy about this one, she said, well, my relative, he was mining, but his real job was he was the cook. And I I pricked up immediately and I said, does he go into detail of what he was buying and the supplies and where he was getting them and how he was getting them? She said, yeah, there's a lot about that. I said, you know, at first, what you're describing in these letters, I probably would have said were worth $1,000, $1,500. I said, if they go into those details, you might double, even triple the value because there are so many libraries that deal with food and eating or collectors who love cooking and food and these are the things that are really, really hard to get. So the gold at that point, well, eh, who cares about the gold? It's the how did they get the gold? How did they set up camp? And actually nowadays, that's where the money is.
0: Well, you make a great point. Uh, there are people anxious to get some of this stuff and they'll pay for it. And you're in the sort of the space the hub of it all you're no pun intended uh, you're in the middle of it all you see what's out there and you are searching for these treasures and you know when you hit it that it's worth something
1: yeah and you also can realize to tell somebody someone else might say oh well, he was the cook well he's not talking enough about the gold and i'm seeing more gold because he wasn't talking <laughs> about quite honestly he didn't get any but uh no. but the 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 fact that it's cooking, I can think of five or six customers that because it mentions food, camp, cooking, supplies, that I could sell those to immediately. Whereas if he didn't talk about any of that, yeah, there were people who were interested and go, but it would be, well, tell us more about it. Is this a really good one? The minute you say it deals with the food, I can say five, well, six people. Who, as I
0: just tore through that Army mess Recipe book from 1942. I can tell you that I was fascinated by by the amount of variety of food. I mean, uh, yes, there's jello uh, a lot, but there there are a lot of exotic foods that are, I never thought would exist.
1: And, and you also realize that the cook and the person who's getting the things actually can be trying to cook things that people are really going to like.
0: Well, as a fan of institutional food, I really do love occasionally (laughs) when I visit somebody in the hospital, I love a good hospital cafeteria. (laughs) So I I gravitated to that. But I think your point is well taken. There are so many broad areas. And when you start to whittle them down and get into some of the the nitpicky stuff, it can be fascinating and
1: and pay well. Pay well. and, And many times, it's that nitpicking little things on unusual subjects that are actually big areas that that's what people are looking for.
0: You're panning for nuggets, just like the Klondike.
1: Exactly, and you come <laughs> up with corn kernels, and it's more.
0: <laughs> All right, well, another fascinating look behind the scenes at the Day in the Life of Ken and his crew at the Brattle Bookshop in Boston. Again, it's brattlebookshop.com. We've got so many Brattlecast ideas, uh, but send them in, right? We're well, always looking for new ideas. The,
1: the reason the last couple that I've done on sort of behind the scenes is people say, you mentioned that. Yeah, do some more on that, Absolutely. and and but at the same time, great books will come in, and that can be a lot of fun. We too.
0: take requests. Thank you, Ken. Have a great uh, Have a great day.
1: Thank you.